Today on Truths That Transform. Who stole the truth? Or perhaps you are one that had not noticed that it was gone. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries. We want to invite you to stay connected to us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube by looking for D. James Kennedy Ministries. And also visit us on the web at djkm.org for a robust library of programs, interviews, features, and resources. For most of human history, truth was something objective and outside of you. It was the realm of common sense, the real world where physical and moral laws reigned. But more recently, this has all changed with increasingly disastrous results. Now, truth is subjective, something you look deep down inside yourself for. And as a result, our culture is coming apart at the seams. On today's program, we'll ask the provocative question, who stole the truth? And we'll give you a vital opportunity to make your voice heard in the new Congress on what you believe are the most important issues facing us right now. We begin with a look at how the war on truth is affecting our children, often in tragic ways. Our own David Wright has more. America is in the midst of a revolution. While there's been a sharp rise in violence and lawlessness, it has been mostly an ideological attack on the nature of truth itself, fostered in our educational system. Truth has fallen in the streets. Men are no longer lovers of truth. For example, my truth. I have to live my truth. What is that? That's Gnosticism, pure and simple. Not the truth, but my truth. There's an effort to destroy everything that was great about Western civilization. They're rewriting the history of the nation. And the end goal is to destroy America and its institutions, particularly the family. This attack on truth has spawned the idea of intersectionality, which comes from Marxist critical theory and is applied to race, sex, gender, nationality, and a host of other categories. There's one group of people that they were, they are the oppressors, no matter what, no matter what they may have done with their lives, no matter what type of, of life they've lived, no matter what, you are categorically an oppressor and have a second group of people that are categorically, irrepressibly, and inescapably oppressed. And the main thing that you use to advocate this is skin color. Part of this attack on truth itself requires a rewriting of America's history through this new lens of victim versus oppressor. This was the approach of the New York Times 1619 Project. The 1619 Project was launched by the New York Times and it's an effort to redefine America's founding. The uh, scholars, they're not really scholars, or I'm using the term loosely, the persons behind the project, they really argued that the true founding of our nation was 1619 when the first blacks came to America or the first slaves, rather than 1776 when the Declaration of Independence was signed. 
and it's very problematic. This radical propaganda piece is one manifestation of the phenomenon known as critical race theory, or CRT. No one knows exactly what it is. They know it has something to do with race, and it's some kind of a theory. Critical race theory essentially argues that racism is baked into all the systems of American society, and that any sort of neutral system is in fact a guise for racial power. To say that America has been nothing but an enemy of the people, a, a, an institution for death and destruction, is just fundamentally false. Young people today are told that if they are born, you know, with a particular skin color, that America is such an oppressive country that they are a victim. And it's nothing but critical race theory that paints whites as the oppressors and blacks as the victims. And it's not a true uh, American history. But the indoctrination doesn't stop there. We're also seeing a growing push to overthrow truth by indoctrinating America's youth with radical sex education and gender studies curricula. Our children are being targeted uh, all the way down to the kindergarten level with new radical sex ed curriculum materials uh, that are now mandatory in every public school and charter school in the state of California and many school districts in the Midwest have actually uh, been convinced to adopt it as well. The LGBT caucuses and political movements are so ingrained in the school systems from university all the way down to preschool and elementaries now that they will, they've created massive educational programs being pushed, by the way, by the Biden administration currently and minions below to teach children with publications and illustrated examples of the most personal things about sex, sex acts like masturbation. They're beginning to teach five-year-olds now in the school systems. Not only are educators promoting these dangerous gender ideologies, some are also openly advocating for their students to transition, with schools providing transition closets. The goal of the transition closet is for our students to be able to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. And I use the idea that this is like Superman changing in a phone booth. And so this gives our trans students the opportunity to be the superheroes that we know they are. The transgender movement is really the culmination of this, this, this Gnosticism within, you know, critical theory. It's the ultimate expression of, I know, and not only do you not know, but you can't know. But then it takes it another step further. I know, you don't know, you can't know. And if you do anything other than bow to what I know, then you are acting not just insensitively, but criminally. We're buying into these fictions about gender and about, you know, what, what is real in the mind versus the body uh, without any question at all. And we're doing it only because we don't have the courage to say, you know what, I disagree. I'm not gonna bend my knee to this fiction that you're promoting. Many states are even providing hormone therapy and gender reassignment surgeries for underage children with gender confusion, something the vast majority would eventually grow out of. There is such a danger to children because of the hormone therapies that they're offering. We even see, like the state of California, that are wanting to create a slush fund to offer hormone therapy to elementary school children and what they do then is they're sterilizing the children. 
Uh, there's no studies of long-term effects on children with uh, some of these hormone therapies. Uh, there is uh, evidence that many of these hormone therapies cause cancer. We already know that they sterilize these children. And then the idea is that they would create slush funds for the females to have healthy breast tissue removed before they go into puberty. And that is akin to child abuse. And I don't know how anyone can think giving hormones to prepubescent children and to actually remove healthy breast tissue from little girls or, or pre-teenage girls so that they can transition that this is a good idea. However, some states, including Arkansas, Alabama, and Tennessee, have passed legislation to prevent these abusive practices. Watch as President Biden recently spoke on those states that limit gender reassignment surgery for children. We need to challenge the hundreds of callous, cynical laws introduced in the states targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors who give children the care they need. I think that when you're talking about the transgender issue, you have to go back to what the most basic arguments are because it gets so clouded and crowded in the, the mainstream media. What transgenderism is, is when someone doesn't feel comfortable in their body. They want the gender dysphoria to conquer the person. And they want the person to, instead of embracing their body and how they were naturally born, they want that person to mutilate their body. They want their, that person to change their body. And, and they're saying that they'll be happier. We all know that people aren't happier by physical things. They're happier when they get their mind ready and their soul ready. These dangerous hormone therapies and gender reassignment surgeries often sterilize patients, with many eventually regretting their decision to transition. A California teenager, Chloe Cole, is suing one of the nation's largest healthcare providers, Kaiser Permanente, claiming they coerced her into receiving gender reassignment surgery when she was only 15. Our friend Harmeet Dillon is now representing a young woman called Chloe Cole, a biological woman who was told she could become a man surgically. Now Harmeet and Cole are suing the doctors who did this to her. It's a medical malpractice case. I want to hold the adults who put me in harm's way accountable because, I mean, what happened to me is horrible, but it's also, it didn't only happen to me. That's the worst part. It's happening to children all over the U.S. The long-term mental and physical, uh, and even lifespan uh, impl implications uh, are very, very serious. Children are right now the most vulnerable victims uh, to this new radical movement. And parents need to be responsible. They need to understand the reality and look at uh, the best and most responsible way to deal with this new threat uh, to the uh, health and safety and spiritual welfare of their children. How did we get to the point where something as obvious as the difference between male and female could become so distorted? Our children and grandchildren have been particularly targeted with these ideas. This is nothing less than a loss of the foundational concept of truth. As Dr. D. James Kennedy clarifies in this portion of his message, who stole the truth? Someone has stolen the truth. And it is amazing that there is very little outcry at all.
Indeed, if it had been our purse or our wallet which was stolen, surely the cry would ring throughout the room, Stop thief! And yet someone has stolen the truth. Even more tragic, perhaps, is the fact that most people do not even realize that it's gone. Nor do they know who took it, nor in fact how this rather amazing feat was pulled off at all. Who stole the truth? Or perhaps you are one that had not noticed that it was gone. There are many parents who have begun to get some sort of inkling that something is amiss. Their children go off to high school or college, and they come back, and there's something different about them. When you try to carry on a conversation, something is different. There, there don't seem to be any values anymore, and, and absolutes are smiled at, and the realities of the spiritual world and of God are considered somehow to have become irrelevant to life. And though they know that something is wrong, they don't quite know what has happened. How was this brought about and by whom? This is part of this great silent revolution that has been taking place in the Western world for the last 40 years by the humanists in America and in the West. And I suppose that if any single person could uh, be credited with uh, this, it would be the influential John Dewey. And it was done by a very clever expedient, one that was so subtle and so clever that the average person never even knew it had happened to them. It was simply done by the redefinition of truth and fact. And to show you how successful they have been, let me ask you, what is a fact? Ultimately, all truth and all knowledge and all belief rests upon facts. So therefore, if we can change the meaning of fact, we can change the meaning of everything. And they have done precisely that. I would like to ask you, what is a fact? Can you define it? A fact, quote, a statement that can be verified is a fact, unquote. If you believe that, you are a victim of brainwashing. That is not what a fact is at all. 
And yet I am sure that there are vast millions of people in our culture today who would swallow that like a sugar-coated pill and not realize that the whole superstructure of knowledge, truth, and reality hinges upon that. What is a fact? Well, if you were to get an older dictionary, you would find that the word fact comes from the Latin facere, which means to do, and uh, from the past factum, which means a thing done, an act done. A fact is simply that which is done, something which was done. According to Dewey, truth is that which may be verified by scientific verification. It is that and nothing more and nothing else. If truth is only that which can be verified and only that which is based upon facts, and facts are only those things which can be verified by scientific investigation, and nothing else is true, then what about God? God is a spirit, eternal and unchangeable. He is not matter to be placed on a slide under a microscope or boiled in a test tube or beaker. He is not subject to the verification processes of science. Ergo, conclusion, God is not a fact. God is not true. God is not real, and God is irrelevant to life. And that is precisely the conclusion of secular humanism today. And that same thing holds true for eternal life, for the eternal salvation of man, of heaven and hell, Jesus Christ, and all of the other things that we hold true, including, including the moral absolutes. If there is no absolute truth, then there are no absolute morals, nor absolute values. Yet we know that far above man's poor, pitiful search for truth, there has been God's revelation of absolute truth. Truth is conformity with reality, and God is the greatest reality in the universe. Truth is harmony with facts, and the fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest and best attested fact of history. The God who made us can make himself known to us, and by the power of his Holy Spirit he can break through our darkness and ignorance, and he can cause us to know that these things are true. And that knowledge, that certainty, which has caused millions of Christians to be willing to die martyrs' deaths even to this very century, is what has so infuriated the unbelieving world of the humanist or the communist that even today are torturing and killing Christians because they know whom they have believed. And they are persuaded that he is able to keep that which they have committed unto him against that day. And that the unbeliever can't stand. And like Pilate, they cynically sneer, what is truth? No man can know the truth. And to which sneer comes the reply of Jesus eternally, I 
am the truth. The way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Ah, my friends, the day is far spent, the hour is late, the time has come that Americans need to wake up to what is being done to our children, to the perversion of truth and facts and values and meaning and reality by which their minds are being warped from the very earliest ages. And this entire bucket of worms needs to be thrown out of the life of this country. They need to know the truth of Jesus Christ, which alone can set them free, free from the ignorance that says that truth is not true if the myopic can see it poorly or if the blind can't see it at all. Set them free from the bondage of their sins, which keeps them from even seeking the truth. Set them free from the darkness of moral blindness through which so many are staggering today and set them free from the fear and terror of death and the grave. Set them free to eternal life when they come to know Christ by faith who is the truth, and then the Spirit of God will make them know that this is eternal life, to know the true God and Jesus Christ whom he hath set. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. May it be. Hi, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. That message from my father sounds like it could have been preached a week ago. And the reason why is he knew the Bible inside and out and could discern the times we are living in. He saw where the logic of godlessness was taking us. There's a lot for us to be concerned about this new year. Our children and grandchildren are often taught lies in our schools. The LGBTQ lobby is encouraging government and corporations to crack down on those who hold to Judeo-Christian values and won't bow the knee to their agenda. We want to hear from you. What are the things that concern you the most? Contact us right away to receive the 2023 Spiritual State of the Nation survey. Fill it out and return it to us as soon as possible so that you can make your voice heard on what you think are the most important issues facing us. A new Congress is taking office in Washington, D.C. this month, and we will make sure they hear from you through the 2023 Spiritual State of the Nation survey. If you're able to give a generous donation when you contact us for your survey, we'll also send you our book, Let Freedom Ring. This book is edited by Dr. Jerry Newcomb and includes chapters from William J. Federer, Peter Lilback of Providence Forum, and former U.S. Congressman John Hostetler, among others. This book covers the genius of the Constitution, the history of the separation of church and state, and the state of religious liberty in modern America, as well as a host of other topics that are vital to our future. We'll send you Let Freedom Ring as thanks for your generous donation to help this ministry proclaim the gospel and broadcast biblical truth on the key issues of our day. And if you're able to give a generous donation of $40 or more, we'll send you the book plus the special DVD program, Invasion, The Left's Long March on Christian America. 
It features a presentation from Oz Guinness on our current cultural moment and the Marxist influences on so many of our institutions today. And it features author Alyssa Childers on the threat of progressive so-called Christianity, which has also been deeply influenced by Marxism. That's the book, Let Freedom Ring, edited by our own Jerry Newcomb, as thanks for your generous donation. And the book, plus the DVD program, Invasion, The Left's Long March on Christian America, featuring Oz Guinness and Alyssa Childers, as thanks for your gift of just $40 or more. And no matter what, make sure you contact us to receive your 2023 Spiritual State of the Nation survey. Fill it out and return it to us as quickly as possible so that we can make your voice heard in the new Congress in Washington, D.C. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 877-962-7677. Or go online to djkm.org. Just before the execution of Jesus on the cross, he was dragged before the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, for questioning. As recounted in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells Pilate, For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate responds with a rhetorical question of skepticism. What is truth? Pilate's cowardly response echoes down in our own postmodern age, where everyone does what is right in his own eyes, and our culture sinks further into the abyss. What is your standard for truth? What ultimately determines the truth for you? This is the all-important question at the center of all our cultural battles today. Most people never think through the question. They just assume that whatever they believe in their heart of hearts is true. That's how we find ourselves in a cultural moment in which a man can be a woman simply because he believes it in his heart. There is a conflict here that cannot be reconciled. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Pilate shrugs and says, what is truth? Our culture follows Pilate in his subjectivism, wondering who can really know the truth. These two positions are mutually exclusive. If one is true, the other is necessarily false. Are we simply here as the accidental products of nature, fashioning truth according to whatever is right in each of our own eyes? No, because 2,000 years ago, Jesus not only died on that cross that Pilate sentenced him to, he rose again from the dead three days later. He was seen by dozens of eyewitnesses, including a gathering of 500 people at one point. His resurrection was such a singular event that the news of it spread like wildfire, drawing thousands to him and then millions and eventually billions. By rising from the dead, Jesus Christ proved that he is indeed the way, the truth, and the life. We don't get to make up truth for ourselves or dictate the terms of our own existence. Grace and truth have come to us through Jesus Christ our Lord, while only chaos and death have come to us through those who twist the truth to ratify their own desires. I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza. Thank you for joining us today. And remember that you're always invited to come worship with us at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale 
or you can always join us by live stream at crpc.tv. Thanks for being with us, and here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. What I want people of faith to understand is that the Constitution is still the Constitution today. Congress has a responsibility to protect the free exercise of religion. They have now passed a law that disrespects the free exercise of religion, which I think is unconscionable. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.